Good morning. Whether you're joining us online or here in the sanctuary, welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin and our annual Christmas pageant. I'm Reverend Chris Jimerson, one of the co-lead ministers here at the church. My pronouns are he, him. And again, I am Michelle LeGrave, the interim and also co-lead minister. Welcome to our annual Christmas no rehearsal pageant. It is a joy to be with you today. It's a joy for me also, and I especially want to welcome you if you're new to the church. If you're joining us remotely, and if you can, please say hello in the comments and let us know from where you're watching the service. If you're here in person, please join us for the social hour after the service. Either way, please go to austinuu.org, click on worship, and then the link to our online visitor form and fill that out. We'd love to get to know you just a little bit better. As we work to create a beloved community, we welcome all who would join us in building a better world with more love, more justice, and more peace. We welcome all who would join us in growing in mind, heart, and spirit. We welcome all who would join us in tearing down systems of oppression of all kinds. We welcome all who would join their purposes to ours in a loving spirit of right relationship. Whoever you are, wherever you come from, wherever you find yourself on your life's journey, whichever your pronouns, whether you've walked in or rolled in or dialed in, whomever you love, you are welcome here. You belong here. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. And it's in that tradition, our living tradition, that I invite you to greet the holy among us, either in the comments if you're online, or by turning to those around you here in the sanctuary. Let us now greet the holy inside each of us. Good morning. I'm Kelly Stokes. I'm the Director of Lifespan Religious Education. My pronouns are she, her. And I would like to invite the children and anyone who knows the chalice lighting that we use in our religious education classes to come up and help me lead at this So we start, we are Unitarian. We make a big U with our hand. We are Universalists. Yeah. And then we put our hands together and say, now we light our chalice. We're the church of the open minds. We're the church of the listening ears. We're the church of the loving hearts and helping hands. I'm Nathan Lawrence, uh, your lay leader for today's service. And the call to worship today is by Quinn G. Caldwell. What are you here for? If you came to this place expecting a tame story, you came to the wrong place. If you came for a story that does not threaten you, you came for a different story than the one we tell. If you came to hear of the coming of a God who only showed up so that you could have a nice day with your loved ones, then you came for a God whom we do not worship here. For even a regular baby is not a tame thing. And goodness that cannot threaten complacency and evil is not much good at all. 
and a God who would choose to give up power and invincibility to become an infant for you certainly didn't do it just so you could have dinner. But if you came because you think that unwed teenage mothers are some of the strongest people in the world, if you came because you think that the kind of people who work third shift doing stuff you'd rather not do might attract an angel's attention before you snoring comfortable in your bed would, if you came because you think there are wise men and women to be found among undocumented travelers from far lands and that they might be able to show you God, if you came to hear a story of tyrants trembling while heaven comes to peasants, if you came because you believe that God loves the animals as much as people and so made them the first witnesses to the savings of the world, if you came for a story of reversals that might end up reversing you, if you came for a tale of adventure and bravery where strong and gentle people win and the powerful and violent go down to dust, where the rich lose their money but find their lives and the poor are raised like kings, if you came to be reminded that God loves you too much to leave you unchanged, if you came to follow the light that even if it blinds you, if you came for a salvation and not safety, then, ah, my friends, you are in the right place. One of the things that binds First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin together as a religious community is that we have a common religious purpose. And for First UU Church of Austin, that common religious purpose is our mission. The congregation wrote it together. We emblazoned it on our wall in the sanctuary. And the people attending our services say it together every Sunday so that we might more readily carry it in our hearts throughout the week. Let's say it together now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Close the Prince of Peace. The wheels start turning, torches start burning, and the old wise men journey from the east. How a little baby boy bring the people so much joy, son of a carpenter. Mary carry the light This must be Christmas Must be tonight A shepherd on a hillside Went over my flock I bite On a cold winter night A band of angels sing in a dream I heard a voice Said fear not come rejoice It's the end of the beginning Praise the newborn king How a little baby boy Bring the people so much joy Son of a carpenter 
Mary carry the light This must be Christmas Must be tonight Such as I And then it came to pass He was born at last Right below The star that shines on high How a little baby boy Bring the people so much joy Son of a carpenter Mary carry the light This must be Christmas Must be tonight Son of a carpenter Mary carry the light This must be Christmas Must be tonight Be tonight Uh, the reading today is by Anne Dillenschneider, called The Innkeeper. The innkeeper isn't part of most nativity sets. No one sings carols about innkeepers. There don't seem to be any paintings that include them, but we can imagine the scene. Bethlehem is crowded with people coming home for the census. It's late at night when the innkeeper responds to a knock on the door and finds a young couple standing there. The woman is very pregnant. She and her spouse look exhausted. They have walked a hundred miles over rough, rocky terrain to get here from Nazareth. The innkeeper is confronted with a de dilemma. The inn is full. There just isn't any room. At the same time, the innkeeper knows that offering hospitality is part of being God's people because they have been sojourners and strangers in Egypt. That's why the innkeeper has always made sure there's an empty chair for an unexpected guest at the annual cedar meal celebrating Passover. What to do? As a child, the innkeeper had learned the story of Abraham and Sarah welcoming three strangers into their home. After they made the strangers a lavish feast, the couple discovered their guests were messengers, angels, sent to bring great news. As laughable as it seemed, the elderly Sarah was, was going to have a baby. So the innkeeper knows the tradition of entertaining strangers. 
the innkeeper knows strangers and messengers, angels from God. Tonight, there is a bedraggled and weary couple on this very doorstep. What to do? The innkeeper pulls the door a bit, hastily assisting, assessing the situation. Is there, is there any space anywhere? The beds are all taken. There are even people sleeping on the floor. What to do? Is there any possible solution? In a moment of inspiration, the innkeeper remembers the stable out behind the inn. It's not much, but it's some protection from the wind. No matter how bitter the weather may become, the heat from the animals will keep their guests warm. The innkeeper flings open the door and welcomes the couple with a broad smile. There's not much, but there's a possibility. A stable. Will it suffice? It does. And the innkeeper saves the day. This is the time in our service when we center ourselves. We breathe together. And breathing together, we sense one another's loving presence. Breathing in and breathing out, we follow our breath to a deeper place inside, a place of greater wisdom, a place where a spark of the divine resides within all of us. Breathing together, we enter into a time of quiet spaciousness, all the while remembering that nowhere is the world fully silent. I knew a minister once who used to refer to the quiet restlessness of very alive and vibrant UU churches as the holy hubbub. (laughs) May we rest in this holy hubbub. (laughs) I invite you now to light candles if you're so moved. Candles representing sorrows, joys, remembrance, hope, resilience, whatever is on your heart at this time. And as we light candles, I invite you to keep in your mind and heart members of our community who are ill or in sorrow, as well as those who are celebrating joys. Please especially hold in your hearts Julie Pache, who traveled to Michigan this past week to be with family after the death of her father and to attend her father's memorial service that was held yesterday. Please also hold the family and loved ones of Vic Cornell, whose memorial service we held here at the church yesterday. Let us also be with Denise Pierce in spirit tomorrow as she undergoes a lung biopsy. And finally, let us remember that this season can be a time of greater difficulty and a more acute sense of loss for so many among us and keep such folks in our hearts also. Now we hold that quiet space together throughout this meditative time and lighting candles.
this peaceful winter night from the church down in the valley I can see the candlelight and I stopped for a moment in this winter paradise when I heard a choir sing and the eyes and the rays from the lights behind the windows vaults and frames have united the souls in hope that something great is waiting and I know that those who have lived so safe and the same
light one last candle for all those for whom there is no one to light a candle. Well, it is time for our no-rehearsal Christmas pageant. Our pageant is an annual tradition here at the church written by our own church member, Jillian Redfern. The season of the winter solstice has been celebrated in one form or another for thousands of years. A hundred different cultures have told stories about how the birth of their gods took place at this time of the year. In the northern hemisphere, we tell stories about how light, hope, and life are returning to the world. Darkness is good for rest and for root growth, and we also need light for more growth and setting a direction. So we revere darkness, and we humans also celebrate light. Today, we present the Christian faith story, as Christianity is one of the sources of our faith. It is the story of a special baby, a child of God, as all babies are, a child called Jesus, who became one of humanity's great teachers. As Unitarian Universalists, we know we don't have to believe that the stories of our sacred text are literally true to embrace the metaphorical wisdom that may be found within them. In this way, we're able to reclaim such stories and retell them in ways that reflect our living tradition for which revelation is never sealed. Today, this story is wrapped not only in swaddling clothes, but also in wonderful carols, which also contain some earth-based solstice elements like this one. Deck the Halls, hymn number 235 in our gray hymnal.
Here is the Christmas story. It happened a very long time ago in a land far away. A couple named Joseph and Mary had to make a journey to the city of Bethlehem because there was a new law that said everyone had to return to the city of their birth in order to pay their taxes. Mary and Joseph, please walk around searching for a place to stay. (laughs) Innkeeper, please come up. Joseph was worried about Mary taking this trip as she was going to have a baby very soon. (laughs) But Mary wanted to be with her husband for the birth of their first child. It was a long trip to Bethlehem, three full days of walking. Mary was glad when they could see the rooftops of Bethlehem in the distance. Joseph, she said, Let's stay at the first inn we come to. I think our baby is almost ready to be born. But when they got to Bethlehem, they found the little town crowded with people. They stopped at the first inn they came to and knocked on the door. But the innkeeper told them, I'm sorry, there is no more room here. At the next inn... The innkeeper. <laughs> At the next inn, <laughs> the innkeeper said, We're full. Try the place three streets over. It's bigger. <laughs> Joseph tried another place and another place, but everywhere it was the same story. Sorry, no room for you here. (laughs) Finally, when it was almost night, they saw a house at the edge of town with a light in the window. Joseph knocked at the door and told the innkeeper, Please help us. We need a place for the night. My wife is going to have a baby soon, and I don't think she can take (laughs) travel any further. And the innkeeper said, There's no room in the inn, but don't worry, we'll find some place for you. The innkeeper showed Mary and Joseph to a quiet little barn where the animals were. It was clean and warm, and it smelled like sweet hay. Angel of the Lord, Angel of the Lord. Please bring the baby to Mary and Joseph. Star, please come light the way. And on that very night in that barn in Bethlehem, their little baby was born. They named him Jesus. Mary and Joseph wrapped him in the soft swaddling cloth and made a little bed for him in the hay. That night, like every night, there were shepherds in the fields outside Bethlehem watching the flocks of sheep. The shepherds were surprised and amazed by a very bright light in the sky and a strange song coming from nowhere and everywhere all at once. It was angels, and they were glorious. Angels, angels. 
fly about and share the good news with everyone. After sharing the joyous news, the angels went to see the baby born in a stable in the city of Bethlehem to tell him hello. What a beautiful baby. Angels, be sure to say hello to baby Jesus before going back to your seats. <laughs> and let us all sing together, Angels We Have Heard on High, number 231. <laughs> your seats. Thank you so much for coming to share the good news. After the angels had gone away, the shepherds remembered what they had said, that a wonderful baby had been born and that they could find him by following the brightest star in the sky. So the shepherds all said to each other, let's go look for that baby. They had no trouble finding the stable because of the bright star. And sure enough, there inside were Mary and Joseph, watching over their little baby Jesus. And the shepherds saw that Jesus was just stunning. Let's all say together very quietly, oh, what a beautiful baby. Ready? Oh, what a beautiful baby. Then the shepherds went away and told everyone what they had seen. Shepherds, you can return to your seats telling everyone what you've seen. On the same night, 
three or more wise people saw the bright star and said to each other, Look at that amazing star. It must be shining for something very special. The wise ones loaded up their camels with treasures and traveling supplies and followed the star all the way to Bethlehem. Wise ones, make your way to the barn with your gifts, please. Jesus was very young when the wise ones found him, but they knew he was special. What a wonderful child. This child will be our teacher. And they gave their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and other gifts useful for babies. Joseph wondered for a long time about all of these things that happened when their child was born. It's astonishing that all these people would come to see our baby and give us presents for him. They don't even know him. When Jesus grew up, he was a courageous teacher, just like the wise ones said. And one of the most important things he tried to teach people was to love each other and to treat all people, even strangers, with kindness and care. And people who have tried to follow his best teachings have become better people and have spread light through their world, which is what we are here to do. This story, which has been told for 2,000 years, and has surely changed many times along the way, is wrapped not only in carols and swaddling cloths, but also in mystery and wonder and awe. How is it that such an old, old story is still being told? How is it that people traveled such long, long distances by foot or donkey or camel, and still do. How is it that humans survive such tough, tough circumstances and still do? Tonight we shared the Christmas story about one special baby, but this baby isn't the only special one. Every child is a treasure. Every child is a wonder, and every child is a miracle. And as they grow up, they will always be a treasure, a wonder, and a miracle. I invite you to say these words with me from Sophia Lyon Foz. For so the children come, and so they have been coming. Always in the same way they come, 
born of the seed of life. Each night a child is born is a holy night. Parents sitting beside their children's cribs feel the glory in the sight of a new life beginning. Each night a child is born is a holy night, a time for singing, a time for wondering, and a time for worshiping. Let's say the words together to extinguish the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. In this season and throughout the year, may you know the wonder of a newborn child. May you experience the eager anticipation of the shepherds. May you be blessed with the resilience of Mary and Joseph. May the peace of that night long ago be with you through even life's times of challenge. May the love of angels be a constant in your life. May the congregation say, Amen. Amen. And blessed be. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.